Cool. Um, well, hi everyone. I'm Harper. I'm Jonathan. And welcome to Hawkeyes. Authentic knowledge and feelings. I feel it. I feel it. Hey, I know where you're going with this. You want a little clip that makes everybody laugh and feel good. You know what I mean? Instead, it's like. Whoa. But I'm really not funny. No, no, and no. We excited for our very wonderful cool and talented guest today uh she is a comedian and actress it's janitra toll hello Hello. thanks for joining us to talk thanks for having me thank you so what is your relationship like with the man himself ethan hawk with ethan hawk (laughs) my relationship with ethan hawk is um i remember him being around when i was in my teens and then he disappeared, and then he reappeared. <laughs> <laughs> That's my relationship with Ethan Hawke. Do you, um, do you have any, like, big movies that you remember seeing him in or liking or really not liking? You know, we have, we've had the whole gambit of people knowing or not knowing or hating or loving Ethan Hawke. <laughs> um, uh, I, you know, I can't. Honestly, I can't. Like, off the top of my head, I can't remember. Um, oh, my little <laughs> friend is here. Hello. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. My, she Adorable. just came to say hello real quick. Cute. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, not off the top of my head. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I should have did more research. Like, I had planned. <laughs> um, I know that he's been... Didn't he do like a like a teen movie? Ethan Hawke, Ethan Hawke, Ethan Hawke. Yeah, he wow. definitely started. I have off. failed you guys. <laughs> no, no worries. <laughs> you can if you want to pull up the IMDb. That's cool. People do that all the time. That's right. He was in Training Day. Oh yeah, <laughs> that movie was hard for me to watch. Um, uh, um, he's like always in kind of dark. The movies that I'm kind of like, mm, that feels like hard to watch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's all like we're going to die or we're going to fall in love and then not be in love anymore. We're gonna, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Definitely. Place those hard, hard characters. I'm trying to see. I am looking through IMDb right now to see if there was anything. Magnificent Seven. Okay. That's it. That's where I fell in love with Ethan Hawke was Magnificent. <laughs> And seven because I love a good western mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. like I mean we all know the theme song to that and if you don't <laughs> what's happening with you <laughs> and uh, then he disappeared and then he came back in, in good lord bird for me that's my relationship to Ethan Hawke gotcha nice um, <laughs> yeah no Midnight Seven's a fun pick he plays uh, Goodnight Robichaux in that which I just think is such a fun name for a character mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um yeah, well, cool. So generally, would you say you're you're into Ethan Hawke or, uh, you know, maybe not a, a huge, a huge fan? Uh, I would say that I'm, I always I think what it is, is like, you know how you fantasize about what it could be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> Where you're like, oh, man, 
I think we could be in love, but I can't watch that movie. That's that's like the reality. The truth is, is I can't watch that movie. It's going to hurt my heart. Mm-hmm. But I fantasize that I could. That's what Ethan Hawke is for me. Wow. That's beautiful. Does I that like work? It. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I the think most the unique take, the good. most unique take we've gotten so far. I think. Yeah, I think so. P- people generally uh, just like, oh, I like him. I don't like him. I'm ambivalent. But that <laughs> that was a whole narrative going yeah. on. So. Yeah, Ethan Hawke. Um, I have a like unrequited love for because of what I think we could be. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, so the Good Lord Bird is not too too much removed from the Magnificent Seven. I mean, it's kind of a similar 1800s vibe. He's also, mm-hmm. you know, got some facial hair going on. Yes. Um, yes. So. Uh, yeah, so what did you think? So did you you just watch the one episode of The Good Lord Bird, right? I know it's kind of weird to drop in on a show like this. At- I, w- I watched the first episode. Oh, cool. And then, because I was like, oh, man, to just watch episode six would be like, I'm jumping in the middle of something um, that I don't know anything about. So I watched the first episode, and then I watched the sixth episode. So cool. kind of the same, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. So, um yeah, so we're talking about episode six, Jesus is Walking. Um, mm-hmm. And this is this is kind of where everything starts to happen. The last yeah. episode, the one before this, you know, everyone was getting ready for this to happen. And now we're, we're really in the action on this one. Um, so we start off in the house um, with all of all of the men. Yeah. You know, John Brown's whole crew and they're they're getting ready. Um and they they're kind of talking about what they're all there for and i thought this was pretty interesting uh they you know they're starting they're asking john brown's sons like why why are you also invested in this mm-hmm. and then they talk about how john brown gave them white slaves uh for christmas yeah um and i that whole story was so interesting uh, yeah it's intense yeah that he said that they either could you know be slaves or walk all the way out of missouri Mm -hmm. um that was that was intense yeah also like so good lord board is supposed to be like a dark comedy right yeah Yeah. and to to tell that story to a a bunch of black people and think like yeah listen to this story makes me kind (laughs) of go like that's that's the one you want to tell us (laughs) (laughs) Because now we really think you're a crazy person, uh, uh, because that's counterintuitive to the to the narrative that to to what they've experienced. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was like, what a wild story. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's how that's how, the, that's how one of the guys responds. He's like, you guys are crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I mean it really. You know, we've. I think every episode there's something like John Brown is like wild. Like these guys are a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. yeah, and that was that was right off the top of this episode. We get a a, a wild John Brown story, um, <laughs> but then Jason, who I had written his name, I thought this was John Junior the whole time, and then I got to the end of the episode and I realized that this was Jason the whole time, mm. and then I crossed out all my notes and replaced John Junior with Jason. <laughs> yeah, he's a lot of sons, and he they're has, hard to keep track. Yeah, yeah, once you John, Jason, and Junior are, I mean. <laughs> John Jr. and Jason yeah, yeah, yeah. are, um, uh, to me, they're the most similar looking for sure of mm-hmm. the sons. So it's hard uh, for th- those two. I get mixed up a lot. But the other ones I'm able to kind of distinguish because 
Salmon is played by L.R. Coltrane, and right. so I just know what he looks like. And then I feel like Owen, Owen has his, his own, own character. Kind of, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. like he's like pretty distinctive. One, he's got facial hair that's identifiable, and two, he has like a like something to his character. Like he's he kind of speaks out against John Brown the most out of all yeah. of the sons. So like you know, I know who he is. But Jason and John Jr. like are very similar looking. Um. Anyway. But yeah, Jason says we're a bunch of sons who love their father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was also like a wild turn. Right? Because they're like laughing about this weird slave story. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, man, you must be crazy. And they're like, we're sons that love our father. <laughs> like, okay. yeah. well, calm down, my guy. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. We're just going to sit here and, I don't know, whittle. That's what we'll do. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then Cook starts singing and they all join in some religious song that mm-hmm. I, I don't know. They I only sing religious, they only sing religious songs in the show. Um, uh-huh. I, I wasn't familiar, but I was into it, you know, it was an emotional team bonding experience for them before the battle. <laughs> yeah, it felt like to me, it felt like in The Hobbit when all the, <laughs> <laughs> yes, when all the, um, Uh, were they all dwarves that showed up right away at the top of the Hobbit to get Bilbo? Yeah. And then they just sing this, like, um, what felt like an Irish, like, sea shanty. (laughs) 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 And I was like, okay, I guess Mm -hmm. this is how we prepare for whatever journey is going to happen. We just sing a song together. Yeah, I mean, I feel like um, you know, comparison. like uh, athletes will will put on their earbuds and listen to their <laughs> hype hype up songs, and this this is as close as you can get in yeah. the eighteen hundreds. They're getting hyped <laughs> up with a song sing about a the Jesus Lord. Song, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, I feel that. Um, yeah. Very cool. I I wanted. Yeah, I just feel like it was like turn, 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 and now we're singing, and mm-hmm. that's our opening. <laughs> yeah. It's like okay, yeah, this is, um, oh, this is the kind of humor it is. This is the kind of humor. Okay, let's go. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they're really like throwing you back and forth in this conversation, and then we're about to be thrown back and forth a lot like visually in this battle scene that's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this whole episode kind of keeps you yeah. on edge. Um, For sure. Yeah. And Okay, so having jumped in, mm-hmm. I just, can we just clear one thing up for me? Yeah, sure. Okay, having jumped in, the little girl, Onion, <laughs> is, mm-hmm. a, is a boy who happens to got caught up in the being a girl yeah yes right yeah. okay all right so um, yeah john brown okay. misheard his name as henrietta and assumed in the in that first episode and so assumed he was a girl um, that's what, okay yeah all right that's and so by this point though some people know he's a boy you know uh, mostly like bob and some other black characters most of the white people do not know that he's a boy Except mm-hmm. for in the very end of the last episode before this one, he revealed himself to, uh, he had a love interest in the last episode and he rips his shirt open and says, you know, I'm a man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and that was cute. But then he 
he had to off. he had to leave her because he he realized he hadn't shared the password with John Brown. Um, so and that's why he, he was running late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the top of this episode. Okay. Yeah. Caught up. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get in it. So yeah, so he's. He's running to get back to them so that he could tell them the password in time. And the password is Jesus is walking, the name mm-hmm. of the episode. Mm-hmm. And um, he and they need that password to so that the rail man will, you know, know that they're with John Brown yeah. and he could really solve the, the bees that he's hived, the men that are supposed to support them in their their fight. Um, and uh, it's just just a, a second too late. It's yeah. so hard to watch. Yes. Yeah. Um, Jason is there trying to, you know, meet up with the rail man, but he doesn't have the password and Onion is running up. He's yelling, you know, Jesus is walking. Jesus is walking. But um, the rail man mm-hmm. starts to leave and Jason shoots him. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Tragic. What a What a nightmare. Yeah. This whole episode was just like a hair off. Mm-hmm. Everything was just a hair off. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, just like, oh man, um, this is just not going well. This is not going well. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. and John Brown has so much like faith that everything's going to work the way it should. You know, repeatedly yeah. he says, like, you know, I've had visions, you know, I know Onion's gonna be okay. Uh, I know that the men are coming to our reinforcements are coming. Um, he keeps saying these things over and over again, but just nothing's really working out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everyone's kind of realizing that well before John Brown is yeah. going to. Yeah. And yeah. so when, so after Jason shoots the rail man, he and onion go back to the armory. So they've successfully taken over the armory. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not doing mm-hmm. anything really. They're just sitting there. Right. Cause there's not an easy way out of there. Yeah. So, well, I mean, there might've been if they had done it soon right, enough, right, right. you know, which one of his sons, I think tells him like, if we leave now, we can get out of here. Yeah. But he's like, no, we have to hold this position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so John Brown is so happy to see onion because he thinks of her as his good omen. Uh, yeah. But, then Onion has to explain what actually happened. Uh, and this, I really liked this exchange where uh, he's like, you know, I didn't tell you the password. And, and John Brown says, what password? And he says, the password was Jesus is walking. You know, I was supposed to tell you so that you could tell the real man. And then in true John Brown fashion, he goes, you think I need to be told that Jesus is walking? No, I know that, and so did the rail band. And I was like, oh, what a John Brown moment. It is, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I just, I really loved that. I thought that was like such a, you know, it's it sucks, it sucks. It really, you know, that it, they were so close yeah. and it didn't work yeah. out. But uh, yeah, I don't know. What did you guys think of that part, the Jesus is walking conversation? Yeah, I think he just kind of like knew that it was bad and he needed to kind of rally everyone's morale after this like tragic thing happened mm-hmm. yeah be like oh we're gonna but, we're gonna get through this basically and that's that's kind of what he had to do yeah you could tell that it was a devastating blow 
for everybody. They were like, this was like the 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 pin or whatever that needed to drop. Um, and you're telling me it's never gonna drop. Everybody was like mentally bailing out, and he was like, What are you talking about? Jesus is gonna get us through this. And I was like, I don't know, my guy. (laughs) (laughs) This is all setting up to not look good. Yeah. Yeah. There's just truly no backup plan in place. Because what happens after that is they just keep taking hostages. Like more and more people come for like their shift at the armory or whatever, you know, and they just keep bringing them in as hostages and and waiting for reinforcements. But, you know, like by the time it's the next morning, like it's like word is starting to spread Mm -hmm. and they really should be getting out of there. Like they should be taking as many weapons as they can and getting out. But they're Mm -hmm. still waiting. Uh, And um, so... At a certain point, the mayor of Harper's Ferry comes. Um, what was his name? He had like a funny name. It was, I don't uh, remember. Oh man, I should have written it down. Anyway, he had like a funny southern name. And uh, he uh, he asks John Brown to release the hostages. Um, and he says no, except for he does let one guy out who's like a... Um, whose brother comes and says, you know, oh, my brother's Oh, sick. he doesn't feel good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so he lets him go, and then, uh, it was pretty brutal when the guy says, thank you for letting my brother go, we'll leave flowers at your grave. Yeah. Yeah. Because we all all know uh, no one's walking out of there alive. It was... uh, His character is, like, erratic. His character is, like, um, chaos. Um, Ethan Hawke's character mm-hmm. um, and it's like he's he's half rambling about scripture he's like I kind of know the gist of the story I'm trying to tell you and if you don't <laughs> understand it it's your fault <laughs> <laughs> and everybody else is I feel like everybody else is kind of like um, this is the truth and the reality and so while you're swinging your arms around trying to talk we're all gonna be uh, we're all gonna be here while you're up here, and I feel like it stayed that way for the whole show. For the whole, like he had faith and nobody else did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was the dynamic was kind of it was like hard, so hard, clearly being taken away. Also, the monologues at the beginning, where it's like the war to save um, the war to save Negroes started by killing one. I was like, "Oh, this one's going to be dark." Yeah, yeah, right off the bat. Um, yeah, I think. Oh man, I had some. You made me think of something about John Brown, but I just can't uh, think of it now. Oh yeah, about his his faith. Yeah, so we've kind of talked to, touched on this a few times about how in the context of this show it really does seem like he's like something like you know god or something is protecting him on this journey because like time after time he's in these situations where he should be dying and he never does you know and Mm -hmm. and there's something but he's also knows you know that he he said like i'm gonna give my life for this cause Mm -hmm. so you know while he has been on this journey, possibly protected by God, if we're, you know, accepting that as the reality of the show, then 
you know, maybe his journey is all we we know his journey is also coming towards a close at this point. And it's uh it's a lot. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. Dang. Yeah. Um, I liked at the top of I keep going back to the top because I just want to hit this real quick, but um how it said these events are true. Most of them. Yeah. Yeah. Most yeah. of it. And uh yeah, I was like, it makes you go like, is this part true? Did he <laughs> you know, like, did he let people go? Did he just kind of wait? Like what part of it is the true part and what part is the sensationalization uh starting to happen? Totally. Yeah, and I feel like that also kind of touches in with that, like, you know, dark humor aspect that you were talking about, where it's like, you know, this is a biopic, but it's not your normal biopic, you know? (laughs) It's a cool biopic. Um. (laughs) Oh, we're winking at you guys. Uh, That's the kind of biopic this is. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah, so at a certain point, they do exchange a hostage for breakfast. Yes. And... Bob and Emperor are concerned that it's poisoned, but Onion just does not care and is fully going to town on breakfast. Yeah. yeah. That was a cute scene. Also, didn't they? I also thought it was funny that they were like, who are you sending out? And then they were like, whatever the cook's name is. And he was like, no. <laughs> yeah. He says, that scouse can't cook. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, we don't want that hostage. But then he he cooks for them and then he's back in there. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah did they really do an exchange no they let him out for a little bit and now he's back feeding everybody <laughs> yeah yeah they they have a very kind of like loose interpretation of what a hostage is because like they keep bringing people in and they're like very kind of like nice to them basically mm-hmm. like oh please make yourselves at home and then they'll mm-hmm. send someone out but they'll come back and then they'll you know so it's kind of it's kind of maybe not john brown's expertise is taking hostages no yeah i think he's into saving people and he's into killing people but anything (laughs) in between is like hard for him right because it requires (laughs) it requires like a level of logistical foresight which he simply does not have yeah oh yeah he definitely leaps without looking yeah and then is like jesus will catch me for said michael probably (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, and on both sides because they're letting him back in and letting and asking for people to come out. Like both sides are both kind of being like, "Yeah, we don't get how hostages work." <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. And yeah, and it it starts like kind of amping up at that point um, because more like reinforcements aren't coming for John Brown; they're coming for you know, the people of Harper's Ferry. Right. You know, so Mm -hmm. they're having more and more enemies on the outside. Um, And at a certain point, uh, they ask for him to send out the the girl that killed the railman. You know, they're asking Mm -hmm. for Onion. Mm -hmm. And Onion offers to give himself up. Uh, It's just so heartbreaking. Onion and John Brown have just been through so much together at this point. And John Brown says, I'd rather ransom my bones yeah then send you out there um you know john brown loves onion and but onion loves john brown too they have like a interesting relationship to like want to die for each other Mm -hmm. or be willing to die for what they think the cause is um 
was very but like to each other mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they don't really they, they don't really no one else really communicates like they do there's like a there's like an interesting like honor happening between them because i don't want to say love yeah you know what i mean but there's like a mutual like we're in this together on a different level than we are we the collective we of everybody else in here is in this together Mm -hmm. yeah which is really cool yeah i mean at this point it's been almost two years they've been together uh on this journey and (laughs) so bachelor (laughs) on this journey together um but uh yeah they've been together for almost two years i think and um you know they really like honor is a good word for it because they've really earned each other's respect i think you know it was at the beginning onion didn't really feel that way about john brown it was like this is just some crazy guy that i'm stuck with you know Mm -hmm. but throughout he he's kind of realized the importance of john brown and like what he could do for people um and john brown's also come to rely a lot on onion you know even though onions you know a child like onion has done so much for john brown Mm -hmm. um yeah so yeah honor's a great way to put that so so onion's still safe inside um but there's a big shootout and people are starting to die quite a bit quickly yeah yeah it got real real fast yeah and so it's just kind of the same back and forth like we gotta go for john brown saying no reinforcements are coming um and but he does send onion bob and cook out to go you know have some more bees to try to get some reinfor- local reinforcements at least and what they end up do they end up going to this guy's plantation uh colonel lewis washington who says he's uh, a descendant of george washington right um and and so we had seen his um the do you remember the name of the guy oh J- jim jim is like the he he works there mm-hmm. and um and so he and he decides to go back they hatch a plan so jim mm-hmm. and bob and onion and cook and some other guys that they throw into the carriage that are kind of unnamed and don't really get any camera time. <laughs> um, <laughs> they take Colonel Lewis Washington so that they can get back into Harper's Ferry. Right. Yes. And this was Cook's yeah. idea, which was kind of surprising because Cook yeah. has like consistently fucked things up throughout the entire show, basically. But he comes up with like a genuinely really good plan. Yeah. Yeah. They straight up. They straight up reverse trojan horses (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah totally yeah because they um you know everyone in the town thinks that colonel washington is there to like save them you know to take down john brown he's such a coward yeah this guy is a coward yeah uh for all people like if (laughs) i don't know how your slaves respected you at all what a coward um Oh, take anything but leave me alone i can't do this no, i don't want to do <laughs> what are you the whole yeah. time in his like uniform just like emotion city mm-hmm. uh, yeah because yeah, well, he's like he's enjoyed like the the privilege that comes he's enjoyed the privilege of being a washington mm-hmm. and none of the sort of responsibility that like someone like george washington would have to have actually bared so he just gets to be like a 
whiny rich white dude mm-hmm. yeah. yeah until until the tables <laughs> until the tables finally turn on him yeah they turn hard yeah so they all kind of like smuggle themselves back into the armory um it, i was kind of confused because it looked like there were a lot more like slaves there that were gonna that were supposed to come i thought they were trying to get people to come and help the fight mm-hmm. but on, the only yeah. people that came were like jim and two other guys right so they didn't really do a, do a lot to ba- you know <laughs> no yeah it didn't really it just added to the desperation of the one side yeah and then on top of it, when they get back, uh, John Brown freaks out when he sees Onion there. He starts screaming. Like, I don't think we've ever seen him scream like this before. It's like, mm-hmm. just this, like, pained, you know? Like, she's supposed to be safe. She's, she shouldn't be here. Like, what, it, you know, why is, why is Onion back here? But then after yeah. he kind of processes that, you know, that pain and that disappointment, uh, he says, it does my heart good to see you here. Mm-hmm. <sighs> oh and we get we we uh see bob for the last time mm. mm-hmm. on the way back to the yes they're riding back to harper's ferry and bob says like jumps, I, I'm, right? I'm not mm-hmm. going i'm not going back like this is i'm not trying to die here so he jumps out the the uh caravan what is mm-hmm. the thing carriage called? carriage yeah he jumps out the carriage into the river or something yeah, because yeah. it was a long way down. And then right after he jumps, it, the words pop up, the sensible Negro. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I don't, who's sensible in that whole thing? Like he jumped, either way he died, I think. I don't know. I mean, he went a long way down. I'm not sure. Yeah. And but no, I, I will say. if he ends up getting away or i think maybe he does i hope I so he does i don't remember I yeah we haven't does. watched yeah. we have watched this whole show before but it was a couple months ago now so I don't yeah really i think it maybe gets addressed in the last episode yeah um but spoiler alert <laughs> i <laughs> yes. don't know if that's a spoiler <laughs> yeah spoiler alert we don't remember what happened <laughs> <laughs> um spoiler alert john brown dies yeah well no, because you see that in the very first episode. It's true. So. It's true. Um, it's like that book, My Brother Sam is Dead, where it tells you exactly what's going to happen in the book. Well, I don't know. I don't know that one. You don't. You you didn't have to read that in middle school. My Brother Sam is Dead. No. Oh, okay. Sounds, cool, 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 cool. sounds intense for middle school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was one of the first books. This is a side note. Um, this is one of the first books I made it through. You know, because you have to read all those books all the time and you just, you know, I mean, if you did, congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) I never did, except for that one. And I don't know why it stuck with me. It was a weird book. It was about war. (laughs) That's intense. I feel like there are some of those those middle school books that really just stay with you, Mm. you know, middle school English classes. I don't know if there's any middle school. I remember like Bridge to Terabithia. Oh, did you cry? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> How can you not? Yeah, I don't think I've ever read it. I watched the movie. That made me cry a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that mm-hmm. movie was... Ugh. I hate that. My girl. Ugh. Don't do that to me. <laughs> um, where middle school books. 
I don't know where I was going. Hey, Ethan, <laughs> why don't you let us know what middle school books stuck with you, huh? Oh, yeah, Ethan, come on the show and tell us about your favorite middle school books. I actually watched <laughs> the other day uh, a Q&A with Ethan Hawke um, about – it was, like, for a book launch because he just put out a novel. And so he was talking about some of his inspirations in writing, and he was talking about how he's interested in writing about sexuality. Um, and uh, his inspirations he mentioned were Oscar Wilde, James Baldwin, and Judy Bloom, which I loved. <laughs> I thought that was great. Well, Judy Bloom. Yeah. Uh, what a fun combo of people. Yeah. What a- <laughs> <laughs> Oscar yeah. Wilde and Judy Bloom in the same kind of interesting. Yeah. I can I, I I guess I can see it. Yeah, different different uh, you know, time periods and experiences of sexuality. Mm-hmm. But um definitely something to that. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have read Forever by Judy Bloom, but that's a I have not sexual book. I have not. Yeah. Um yeah, I, that's the book I read in mid- middle school that really stuck with me. Mhm. I think we all Forever. like me and all my like friends. We all teehee-heed about the the. There was like a penis. A guy had a penis that he named Ralph, and we all just <laughs> thought that was so funny in middle school. Uh, yep. Anyway, um, <laughs> back to the show. That's so good. That's so good. Um, so the title card, "Sensible Negro," I think actually refers to Copeland, who's one of the guys that are that's with Ethan Hawke. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so okay. his, uh, like the mayor and whoever said, oh, Copeland, are you in there? Your parents have sent a, a boss oh, to the Oh, the educated. Mm-hmm. And so they say to him, you seem like a sensible Negro. Uh, why don't you just come out here? Um, but he refuses. Yes, he does. And uh, he's pretty immediately shot. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, John Brown shoots back and shoots the mayor. Mm-hmm. Yeah yeah lots of lots of well there was a shot fired on their side first that hit the guy that was like you know you guys need to be governed that's like you guys aren't you know not everything is firing upstairs so we've got to make sure that you guys are whatever someone shot him first Mm -hmm. right and that's when the shooting started again that that led to the death of the sensible negro Mm mm-hmm yeah, I think that's right. Because I was honestly like, someone shoot him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody, you know, everybody's pointing at him and the tension is building. So if he doesn't get shot, then what's happening? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then the fighting escalates again. You know, a lot of this, it's kind of hard to talk about a lot of this episode because it's a lot of shooting back and forth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, ultimately what ends up happening is um, John Brown wants to start exchanging hostages for the freedom and the safe passage of the black men that are with him, you know, because he's like, you know, you can take me, but like, you know, I want to make sure that all of these black men that I have taken with me here to this dangerous situation can actually leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, but he sends Cook and Jason out to start exchanging the hostages. They send he sends a one woman out. Yeah. And um and they're like walking behind her trying to use her, you know, as a shield to make sure they don't get shot, but then she runs away from them and they're just mowed down. Sitting ducks. Yeah. Yeah. Cook falls Cook gets where he's shot he immediately and yeah. then And uh, Jason his, Yeah. Jason kind of runs away, but he does get shot quite a bit. 
mm-hmm. and he ends up dying in John Brown's arms. Yeah. It's, uh, and, you know, we see that same kind of like hysterical grief pass over John Brown, like kind of the similar to when Onion, he saw that Onion was there. Mm-hmm. You know, he says, like, why would they do that? That's my son. They shot my son. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's kind of the end of that episode. I mean, we end yeah. mid, mid battle on this episode. Yeah, it was rough. It was yeah. This was a, yeah. This is a rough episode. Yeah. Yeah, this is def- I think this is one of the more intense. I think this one and like episode 2 are Yeah. the most intense ones. Yeah. It was interesting how they balanced comedy with all this darkness because they really did go with the truth of the mat. Like the truth is that the truth is is that I don't want to do this so therefore i'm just gonna just jump out of this carriage the -hmm. truth is is that i don't i we don't like that guy so he can stay a hostage that's like (laughs) the real truth of how people are which Mm -hmm. i thought was really cool and how and that's how they used comedy and also just the erraticness of of ethan hawks like he was just on such a higher vibration than everybody else when he's yelling at the guards right before he sends out those two guys Mm -hmm. with the the girls the hostage and he's like put your guns down you i'm like talking you specifically put your gun down and then they were like uh okay and they did (laughs) i was like okay this is how people are honestly reacting to each other and that's where we're getting this dark comedy from because this is dark people are dying yeah uh, violently and yeah we're still kind of like this guy's wild yeah and he he kind of he's he's very like willing to just say whatever you know he he's so like like uh, f- feels like his cause is so divinely ordained that he he doesn't have to like because like, when the guys come up to the window and say like oh we're looking for you know whatever this guy who was on patrol mm-hmm. he just immediately tells them what they're there what who he is and what they're there to do he doesn't yeah, like come up mm-hmm. with any sort of like cover because that's just not how he rolls he just tells him right away like this is this is what i'm here for and and yeah i think part of that though is i mean you know obviously john brown's very clear about his mission and his purpose and um i think he does want to give people the chance to join him mm-hmm. like i think he believes that everyone could you know could join him Right. Even mm-hmm. though clearly some people will never join him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, I think there's something about his character. He just wants to, cause you know, his, his purpose is to, you know, free black people from slavery, but also it was to, to save the souls of white people mm-hmm. because, you know, he thought that they were all going to go to hell for engaging in slavery. Mm-hmm because oh there was one line from this episode that i wanted to say that i didn't um he says uh slavery is a crime and anyone who participates it is insane i'm the most sane man you've ever seen and the way that he's saying this you know he's like full john brown all the way all the way up uh when he says that um making him seem crazy but you know yeah yeah that's great uh yeah so anyway so i think that was that's part of why he's just so transparent about everything he's doing all the time even if it's to his detriment right that's true yeah 
Yeah, there was a lot of brutal, just brutal honesty. And I think that's probably, and that's where you get, like, Ethan so good in this. Like, you don't see Ethan Hawke. You see John Brown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. And especially when he's going off the handle, like, when he was, like, when Onion came back and he was, like, no, she's not supposed to be here. It's, like, this man is is kind of crumbling right now, which is... Yeah, he's so good. He's so good. He really is. Yeah. We love him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Jonathan, do you have something you'd like to share with us now? Sure. Uh, It's time for a hawk fact. Oh. Uh, Janitra, would you like to do a hawk noise? Oh, yeah, I'll do a hawk noise. (laughs) 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 Wow. That was good. I liked it. Was it? (laughs) It's befitting an intense episode. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this episode, we see the start of the raid on Harper's Ferry. So, I was thinking about fairy genus hawks. As you do. <laughs> yeah, they just, pop, okay. they, just, they just popped into my head. Uh, they're so named for their um, rust-colored plumage, reddish chocolate color. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like f- fair, fair, fair. I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce it clearly. <laughs> um, but uh, I was, uh, you know, here in this episode, they like hold themselves up in this armory. They build a little nest for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was looking at uh, using just whatever they have lying around to, to fortify the. Sure the the place that they're in and that's the same thing that uh foriginous hawks do um they use a lot of uh uh similar to the osprey the foriginous hawk has strange taste in nesting materials often using wire plastic paper or other rubbish in nest construction so some birds will just use like sticks and you know but these guys are artists (laughs) they use materials (laughs) that they find to build like a cool mad max type nest and uh and that's and that's how they roll so that's uh peregrine fund and allaboutbirds.org it's my your sources? sources here yeah great nice for foriginous hawks yes mm-hmm. i did not bother learning how to pronounce it <laughs> <laughs> i just read it and well, that's that's what i'm going with perfect perfect it sounds correct to me because it sounds like forage like foraging for stuff so foraginous hawks i think you nailed it <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> yeah thank you that was a wonderful hawk fact thank as you. always um well do we have any more thoughts about ethan hawk or this episode or just whatever we want to talk about <laughs> it was it was good you know it's it's uh shit's shit's hitting the fan mm-hmm. you know and we all know we all know where this is going we know what's gonna happen so but they they kind of they still kind of make you feel like there's a chance that uh, they're going to get away and everyone's going to make it out, even though, like, you know, it's a historical event. We know we know how it ends, um, but mm-hmm. they still manage to build that drama into it, which is yeah. good. Which I think is interesting. I think it's an interesting, like, you know, it's they, they tell you, like, in the beginning of the first episode, they show you, like, John Brown's hanging. So mm-hmm. they kind of set off like if you didn't already know about this historical event, 
then here's what happens and now we're going to tell you everything you you maybe didn't know so it's kind of an interesting way to frame a story mm-hmm. back to um my brother sam is dead <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's but i this. think yeah um i feel like what draws me into storytelling is not what happens but how it happens mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and maybe that's something I learned way back when I read that book that I was like, oh, I like this style of storytelling. And this is why I was able to get through that book. But um, a lot of people like, you know, spoiler alerts or whatever, because it tells you what happened. And those don't those have never bothered me because I'm always like, how, though? And I yeah. think that's why this pulls me in so much is because they're like, well, this is what happened. And then I'm like, wait a minute. He dies. <laughs> I got to know how this happened. <laughs> and so then I'm in. Uh, I'm in from the... Huh. Wow. I just... <laughs> I Like, I think I uncovered something about myself mm-hmm. <laughs> because of this podcast. Hmm. Lots to think on. That's really what we're here for, is to help <laughs> people on their journeys of self-discovery, you know? Yeah. <laughs> No, but I think it's like as like uh, from a storytelling perspective, it is it is a challenge, I think, to like create a story where the audience knows what's going to happen and still make it compelling, intense and all those things. And I think when they pull it off, like in uh, The Good Lord Board or presumably uh, my brother Sam is dead. Um, uh, when they pull it off, it's 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 a uh, it's an impressive thing to do. Yeah, yeah. When it works, it works. Yeah. And I guess in My Brother Sam is Dead, it did work because I'm still talking about it <laughs> a good too long later. Um, so, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Good nice. to know. I'll have to read that, add that to my, my Goodreads uh, list. Yeah. Yeah. To check it out. Yeah. Because I, I, I never, I'd never heard of it before. It's about war. Mm-hmm. Um, it is about war. And I think it's about the Civil War. Um, So, yeah. So a little bit. That's where it takes place. A little bit after after this Mm -hmm. uh, that we're watching right now. Mm -hmm. All connected. (laughs) I guess it is all connected. Cool. Well, I've been Harper, and you can find me on the internet at Harping About. (laughs) <laughs> on instagram twitter letterboxd and goodreads also i guess not that i've said put that out into the universe um and something i've been enjoying outside of ethan hawk lately is uh i re-listened to a book that i love it's called red white and royal blue by casey mckiston um it's just such a good book and i can't wait for the greg brillanti movie that's coming to amazon next year or whatever um but yeah if you like romance if you want to hear about the you know the president's son getting with the prince of england and all of the drama that entails i would highly recommend it yeah nice um jonathan where can the people find you and what have you been enjoying outside of ethan hawk okay uh you can find me on instagram and letterbox at john zavaletta um i think i've been enjoying well hmm i i should always think about this before i yeah start doing this podcast i'm just gonna <laughs> i'm just gonna uh uh promote the song 
Jesus is because Jesus walking made me think of. Well, there's also Jesus walks. That's a good one too. But I was thinking of <laughs> Jesus is waiting. Oh, uh huh. By Al Green. It's a good song. If you haven't heard that song, it's great. It's really groovy. It's a really groovy song about Jesus. It is. So if you need to groove, and even if you don't believe, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's still groovy. It's still groovy. Awesome. Um, Janitra, thank you so much for joining us. This was very fun. Um, where can the people find you and what have you been enjoying outside of Ethan Hawk? And uh, do you have anything else to plug? <laughs> um, uh, you can find me at Janitra T on all social media platforms. Um, and um, uh, what I've been enjoying inside of, of Ethan Hawk is uh, I also have recently gotten back into reading and I just started The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. Cool. in that book by V.E. Schwab and uh, I am very much enjoying it. It's a very cool concept. Um, so uh, and um, <laughs> the new uh, Mortal Kombat trailer just dropped and I can't wait for that. <laughs> <laughs> it looks uh, exactly how I want it to look. <laughs> so, um, yeah, good and bad at the same time. I'm very excited for that. <laughs> nice. Who's, do you have a do you have a favorite? Um, do, do they have? Is there a name for all the char- characters? Combaters? Uh, I don't know. Character? I, you know, um, I like. I don't know that I have like a favorite character, but I do love any time they any time the characters show up, they have to say their name. So that <laughs> was, I love that when they're all like Sub Zero, and then you know, then they have to fight. Yeah, they yeah, do yeah. it in the movies too, and I'm hoping that they keep that because I I don't know why I enjoy that so much. Just in the middle of a movie, some a uh, voice announcing <laughs> your character. That's so fun for me. Yeah, that should people people should do that in in real life. You know, when they just like show up somewhere and they're like Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I think I would love that if they did it in Fast and the Furious. Oh, man. <laughs> like Dominic Toretto, just like right in the middle of the movie. I love and it. And you're doing that little like martial arts dance when you show up. A little back and forth <laughs> thing they do. <laughs> you gotta do it. Yeah. Um, so that's a weird part to be very excited about, but <laughs> that's what I'm excited about. That's awesome. Nice. Um, yeah, and I don't really have anything to plug right now. Just you know, vibe, vibe. Yeah, feel your vibe. vibe. Yeah, that's great. Cool. Um, alrighty. Well, the, thanks again for joining us. Yeah, thank you for coming. Thanks uh, for having me. I had a great time. This was fun. Awesome. Uh, all right. Well, good night, everyone. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.